Lord, thank you for Andy. Thank you for our friendship. Thank you for uh, your heart uh, that you've given to him to church plant. Um, I love that area. I was thankful to be able to live there for a while. And so I just pray that you would make the path abundantly clear for him and his family, that you would continue to give him the gifts and abilities that he needs to plant well, to lead well, to love well, um, and to create a place uh, in Phoenixville through you uh, that would love people and lead people to a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Corey. Uh, Thank you guys for for having me here. Honestly, I am super excited to be here. like Corey said, we are, are new still-ish to the area. Um, my family and I moved out here from Akron, Ohio. And uh, I figure out uh, that the best way to usually introduce myself is show the more beautiful and cute parts of my life. And so this is uh, my beautiful wife, Michelle, and three, ki- uh, three kids here, Ezra, Zeke, and Zoe. Um, everybody say, aw. You, you know you were thinking it, but, uh, uh, but Ezra's seven, Zeke is five, and uh, Zelby is two. She's going to be three uh, in a few weeks. And, and even speaking of family, my uh, in-laws, Michelle's parents, are here with us today all the way from Florida. So, like, let's give it up for them so I can embarrass them real quick. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, I, uh, we moved here from Akron. We accepted um, the position at Urban Hope. Um, which is now called the uh, Momentum Urban Center. Um, all that, Ed Lewis, if you guys know him, he was retiring. Our pastor in Akron, Jeff, uh, kind of took over things, and he was like, I'm not moving to uh, Philly to do this. Uh, would you be interested? And I was on staff with Jeff for a few years, and that's where actually my wife and I found Jesus 12 years ago, and we ended up saying yes. And then, uh, so we kind of rebranded national ministry. Then uh, the pandemic hit. So like super small things, right? Moving uh, across state lines, relaunching a brand new national ministry, and then uh, fighting through COVID. So like little things that we've, you know, little steps that we followed uh, Jesus in, right? But, um, but it was great. It was amazing. Uh, and we learned a lot, learned a ton. Uh, God led us every single step of the way. Um, but uh, we, we felt God lead us kind of a different way. And we, as we stepped down, uh, we, we didn't even really know the next step, but no sooner than the decision that we made to step down, God made it super crystal clear that uh, church planning was, was on our heart. And then um, kind of like in these very uh, natural steps, I had already had a, a relationship with Scott Feather at Gateway Church and then Dano Dean's with, he's now with Assist. And we all kind of came together and this vision to plant a church in Phoenixville was born. And so that's what we're doing. Uh, we're we're kind of like, all right, God, you know, you kind of put all these pieces in, uh, together and these steps, right, uh, in front of us, lighten that step on our path. And so we said, okay, God, we're in. And so I would love to talk to you guys more about that if you have any questions at all. But um, I just wanted to kind of share where I'm at. And also, when I say thank you for being here, like uh, when we were in Akron, we knew of, uh, so like Karis Fellowship, if you don't know, like this church is a part of that. If you don't know that, it's okay. I didn't know that for a long time. But um, but it's, and then being a part of this district as well is super uh, welcoming and just comforting to know that we are part of this family. So when I say thank you for having us, I mean that. Thank you for having us and letting us be a part of your family. Um, So moving on, jumping in. You guys, I think it was the first week of the new series uh, last week, right? 
It's, it's called uh, generous, right? Being generous with uh, kind of the things that God has given us. Um, and, and Corey did a really good job last week. I watched it online. I thought it was super good. Um, some of the things that he talked about, I'm going to recap uh, just because I thought it was so super good, but also because I think it directly applies to what we're talking about this week, which is energy and influence and how we can leverage that uh, for God's glory. But um, Corey said some things. Uh, I kind of like to summarize things in like little tight sentences. And so um, I, I condensed it into he said, investing our time by being present with people. Investing our time to be present with people. And then he said, uh, talked about uh, creating margin in our lives, right? How do, how do we create margin in our lives? And I took this quote directly from what he said. He said, uh, creating margins so we can say yes out of abundance and not out of obligation. I thought that was really good so that we would have abundance. So then he challenged you guys also to do some things, right? And, and let me tell you my two, two key takeaways I took from uh, um, spending more time with God. And then I think he, he also challenged you to take a nap. And so uh, I was like, challenge accepted. All right, let's go. Uh, and my wife is like, if at any point, she's like, what are you, like, what are you doing? The kid's got to go to school. Taking a nap. I'm like, you must not have watched Corey's sermon last week. I'm, I'm just doing what he said, taking a nap. Um, but, but it was good. It, it was great. Um, but, but then, then, I thought this was really good. He said, uh, I just gave you some extra things to do. And since we can't find more time, something might have to go. I was like, oh, oh, tension, right? I'm like, all right. Um, and I thought that was challenging. I hope you guys wrestled with it and were like, okay. And, and I said this, going back to my like condensing thought process, I said, sometimes we have to give up some things to do great things. things and those great things are things for God. Um, so I thought that was really, really good. And, um, and by the way, I'm just going to straight up use my, my laptop here for my notes. I discovered in my uh, note-taking process and preparing for this that uh, the, the iPad mini generation one from like 14 years ago is, turns out, technology not really super great for, for what I was trying to do. So um, I'm just going to use this. I hope it's okay. But uh, connection and time, uh, or the connection of time and energy is kind of where I wanted to go with this, so our energy. And I said, investing our time wisely. So how, are we, how do we actually invest our time, right? We, we need to focus our time on things, but how do we do that? And I think uh, where I landed, I said there, it's going to take energy, which can lead to influence. And that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about uh, for the duration of my time. But I, I even said it this way. I put it in my notes. I said, um, to truly invest in anything, we're going to have to have a plan. And planning is where time and energy meet. So planning is where time and energy meet, which can equal influence. And so um, I thought about, you know, how did, how did Jesus do this, right? When you, when you think about, like, yeah, that's a great thought, Andy. And I'm like, well, did Jesus do it? Like, let's look at that. And then I was like, man, I, there's all these examples and instances where with Jesus and um, with people around him, because he, he was a people person. And um, I was just like, I wish I just had like a, a summary of the life of Jesus where I could just like go to that. And I'm like, oh, wait, we do. They're called the Gospels. So I'm like, sweet. All right, let's go. Um, and, and we're going to look at the book of Luke today. Is that, that's where we're going to be. And when I say the book of Luke, we're going to look at the book of Luke. Um, but I'm going to do something a little bit different. 
today, and I hope that's okay with you guys. Um, and, and, and I blame you guys for this also, actually, or whoever made the bumper video for last week. It, it got me pumped up. I love me a good, a good bumper video for sermons. It's like the, the trailer to a movie. But um, I'm going to kind of present to you guys the book of Luke, and they even go into Acts kind of like a movie. And, I, and so I'm going to like narrate it. I'm going to get, uh, hopefully you can enter into the drama of the life of Jesus through the book of Luke. And um, we're going to do that. So I'm going to, in a minute here, I'm going to ask the tech booth to, to replay that bumper that we had, that you guys had last week. And then after that, I'm just going to go for it. We're going to dive in. I'm going to read some stuff and we're just going to go into it and we're going to enter into it. And uh, hopefully you guys, uh, you'll see what I mean. It might be awesome. It may be a little bit weird, but again, I blame you guys for making this awesome bumper. So cool. You guys ready? All right, let's, let's play the bumper. Luke 1, 1 through 4. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I also decided to write an accurate account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So I want to pause real quick. Time out. Pause the movie. We're going to go jump right back in in a minute. But like, I just I have to acknowledge something here. Like, most excellent Theophilus. Um, like how, how cool uh, of, of, a, of a title is that, right? Um, and I looked up like what, you know, a, a kind of a uh, explanation of that. I have a, a fun little slide about that. But um, when, when you think about like, man, I wish somebody would address me that way. Like I imagine if my, my wife maybe is texting me and she's like, dear, most excellent husband, Andy, Zeke decided to flush the sunglasses down the toilet again, our, our son. Notice I said again, but, uh, or like my friends, dear most excellent Andy, we will be meeting at the bodacious coffee shop at three o'clock. I don't know. I don't know if you guys get that, but anybody calls you most excellent, but I thought it would be uh, pretty cool. And there's probably like a really good reason like that in a historical, biblical reason that I should know about, but I just wanted to acknowledge it. All right, come, come back in with me, back into the, to the narrative. All right, Luke, uh, and I'm going to fly through this, so you don't have to, I'm going to have an excellent passage. If you want to flip really fast, you could do that too, but I don't know. So ready? All right. We're going to have some fun. Let's go. Luke 1, 5 through 25. An angel came to Zechariah and promised the birth of John the Baptist. 1, 26 through 38. Mary is promised the birth of Jesus also by an angel. 1, 39 through 45. Elizabeth knows that Mary is prego with Jesus because of the baby jumping around and she gets all excited. 157 through 80, boom, John the Baptist is born. Chapter 2, boom, Jesus is born. 2, 8 through 15, the shepherds are told about Jesus. And I know what you're thinking. They're like, you're, you're skipping over all this like, good stuff. I know, I know. Just, just hang with me. Um, so 222 through 40, Jesus is presented at the temple. Simeon and Anna confirm Jesus' identity in the temple. And, and just pause real quick again. I, I think about that part. I'm like, I wonder how that all played out. And I know it, it, it tells a little bit more in depth. I wonder if like, Simeon was like, yep, that baby. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Lord and Savior. And Anna was like, wait, so what now? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, so then we jumped 241 through 52, 12-year-old Jesus uh, in the temple teaching the religious leaders. And he's like, hey, mom and dad, you should have known that's where I'd be. You should have known I'd be with, talking about my dad, my father. Um, then 18 years later, 
the, the, the baby jumping around in Elizabeth's belly, uh, grew up to be John the Baptist. 3, 1 through 21, John's ministry leads up to the baptism of Jesus. And then 3.23 through 38, we see the whole genealogy of Jesus, which is so cool. And we're going to see that and be able to track that. But, um, and so, so at this point, like I think about in, in movies, and I don't know if movies still do this, but like in the, in the old days, they would do like opening credits and just to, to kind of see the characters. So we're, we're going we're gonna to roll those. Let's roll the opening credits. What a cast there, right? All right, still with me? All right, begin chapter four. Four, one through 13, we meet Satan and Jesus in the wilderness. Woo, high drama. Uh, 414, Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee. And 418 through 21, kind of come into the scene, right? We see Jesus uh, teaching. It went something like this. 418 through 21 says this. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of our Lord's favor. So he's quoting Isaiah here about the year of Jubilee. And at that time, people would have thought that that's what the scripture meant, talking about the year of Jubilee. But Isaiah was actually talking about Jesus. And how do we know that? Well, one, because after that happened, they were still oppressed and it didn't happen like they, they, they thought. But we know that because of the next verses. And I, um, I love how the NLT says it this way. In 20 through 21, Jesus says, or it says that Jesus did this. He rolled off the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Opening music, B-roll footage, right? Uh, Jesus is getting driven out of Nazareth, his, home, his hometown. He's like escaping, walking through people. He's traveling. He's teaching. He's healing people, he, including Peter's mother-in-law at that one point. And as chapter four comes to a close, like one of those scenes, like a montage, Luke, the book, the book of Luke, right? Opening title screen, Luke. All right. And so then I would say, Chapter five is where the, it really begins. It really kind of kicks off. If we're thinking in movie terms, the movie really starts. And I say that because of this. We, we see Jesus um, at this, the, a lake and he's, he's preaching, he's teaching, and the people are crowding in and he joins some fishermen in the boat. Uh, and if you're familiar with this story, it's up the great catch and it's Peter and um, John and James. And uh, they're like, you know, he tells them to put, his, put their nets out. And they're like, yo, we already did that. And he's like, trust me, come on. But from that moment on, we see Jesus with his first followers and with the apostles. And it plays out like that for, for the rest of the life of Jesus and the, the, the gospel. 
So I see you know, a huge kind of turning point. And then the whole rest of the book of Luke kind of flows up and down like that, right? It's, you see Jesus uh, teaching people, performing miracles, and then getting opposition from people. Teaching, performing miracles, getting opposition from people. It goes, it, the whole book, the rest of the book kind of flows like that, up and down, all the way up until the very end even, when he's um, crucified, right? Put on the, put on the cross, tried, arrested, put on the cross, dies, and comes back. But then he's still at it, right? He's still at it as he comes back. And this is where we're really gonna, we're gonna enter in. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Luke 24, 44 through 49, that's where we're gonna enter in, kind of spend a lot of our time here as we kind of go on and talk about this. But uh, this is after the resurrection, after Jesus has uh, appeared to the disciples again. He's appeared to them many times. Um, A lot of the, the research that I've read says that Jesus, it's, from uh, his resurrection to ascension, there was 40 days. Actually, Acts tells us that exactly. But um, there was 40 days. And so between 24, 43, and 44, there had probably been some time, some days that have passed between that time. If you are familiar with that story, it's when Jesus is with uh, some of the apostles and they're like freaked out. They're like, he's a ghost. And Jesus is like, look at me. Look at my scars. It's me. I'm hungry. They have some fish. You know, I, I love that part. Um, but then he's with them in Jerusalem. This is where we, and, and some time has passed since that last instance. And uh, we see this. This is what Jesus says. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. End scene, end movie. The apostles are, are, are watching, you know, they're standing there in, in awe as Jesus ascends and, and the book of Luke comes to a close. And I think the credits, I don't have any ending credits, sorry, but um, uh, the book of Luke comes to a close. But, but if anybody here has ever seen a Marvel movie in like the past, I don't know, 10 years, you know it's never the end. That's not the end. And so, um, I, I, I picture it like this, that, you know, those bonus scenes, the bonus, there's credits coming, and then all of a sudden there's a bonus scene. It jumps right into a scene, right? And so that's what we're going to do, all right? So like picture this. I'm gonna, we're going to put us in the scene, in the moment, and this might sound familiar, but so, so the apostles are all together, sitting together in a room. Uh, it's a big windstorm. It's, it's the day of Pentecost. It's a festival. There's people everywhere in the city. They're in this house and wind, like a giant windstorm picks up inside the house. There's fire above their heads. They're speaking in different languages, first one, then the other, then the, all of them, right? And the Holy Spirit, it's clear. The Holy Spirit has come. End scene. End movie. Roll credits. But for those of you that, that don't know, the book of Luke does actually have a sequel. It's not called Luke 2, but it is the book of Acts. Um, 
if it was a movie, I think that'd be a, an adequate title for uh, Luke 2, the Acts of the Apostles, as it's also called. Um, so we're going to go there. You ready? Chapter 1. First 1. Cue music. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the tech booth was getting really nervous. Like, wait, you didn't tell me you were supposed to play music again? I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that to you. Um, I, I did have an idea that uh, I was going to play, like, I was going to show you every subtitle in my Bible for the book of Luke. And I showed it to my wife, Michelle. She was just looked at me like, that's kind of a lot. And I was like, all right, all right, okay. But, um, but, but, I, but it does, but like Acts reads like a movie. I love it so much. It, it picks up right where Luke left off. It even, it starts off, um, Luke says, he, he even says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus. Just like, what happened to most excellent? But, but he's like, uh, in my first book, I told you, like picks right up. He goes, and then it goes into depth. If you look at the book of Acts where it starts, it goes right into that moment where the apostles are just like, you know, staring at Jesus. And I love that part too. I think it's hilarious. An angel comes down. He's like, guys, what are we, what are we doing? Like, he, he went to heaven. Let's go. Um, but that scene that I just described to you is Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit comes and the church would follow. It even said at the end, it, uh, towards the end, it, Acts 2.41 says that those who believe what Peter said, uh, were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So Peter preached this awesome uh, sermon and this message, and it says 3,000 people that day. And, and like, I'm a church planner, and so I'm like, yo, Peter, I need that message. It's like, teach me the way to get 3,000 people a day. Let's go. I need that kind of script. But, um, but I think I have to go back to the, the original and just welcome the Holy Spirit first. But um, so, so why do we do that? So why, you know, why do I take my time? And I hope you felt it. I hope you felt the drama, right? I hope you felt the story that is the life of Jesus and how it plays out. And I, I want to look back at, look at uh, 240, or 24, 46 through 48. It's still up here, right? Um, it says, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead. On the third day, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem, that there's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Jesus is like, you guys just lived this. Like, imagine that. You you just lived out the salvation of the world with me. (laughs) Like, you you saw the, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you also saw him teaching and going and performing these miracles and now he's saying, like, I'm, I'm sending you to go. You're going to go and do it on your own, but not on your own, right? You're going to feel it. The Holy Spirit's going to come. It's going to be with you. And so I, I, I drew these parallels to even kind of make it uh, more clear about uh, the book of Luke and uh, the book of Acts, right? And so I have a table uh, that I kind of built in this uh, super basic uh, in this slide. Yeah, so in, in the book of Luke, we see the birth of Jesus. In Acts, we see the birth of the church. In Luke, we see uh, Jesus teach, perform miracles, face opposition. In Acts, we see the apostles teach, perform miracles, face opposition. In Luke, we see uh, Jesus proclaim and prove with his life that he is the Messiah. He's the Savior, our Lord. And then in Acts, 
We see the apostles live their lives believing that, living out their lives, putting, giving every ounce of energy that they have because they believe that, because they live that. And so when we think about energy and influence in all of this, right? I'm like, what did, what did Jesus do? What did he really, how did he really implement that? And I think a lot of people during that time when they thought of the word Messiah because they had you know, Old Testament scripture that, uh, that um, called and told, foretold about the Messiah to come and they're like, no, 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 no. They're like, this, this dude isn't it. This guy's not this carpenter that... Um, it's going to be someone that's going to overthrow this Roman kingdom. It's going to overthrow and topple these leaders that oppress us. But that's not what we see, that what Jesus did. He invested in 12 guys and then gave away his energy to everyone else. And because of that, he would gain eternal influence. I put it uh, in this way in my notes, I, this little phrase. I said, Jesus, Jesus' influence is evident because of the energy he invested. Jesus' influence is evident because of the energy he invested. And as a result of that, the investment of Jesus was lived out and the influence of the apostles and the people that they told and then the people they told and the church started the church that started the next church. So I want to ask some questions um, that might hit home a little bit, but what type of influence are we creating because of our investment. What, like, what is the return on our energy that we're investing? What are we getting back? Are, are we so drained from our jobs or from school or from whatever we do during the day that when we come home to our, our family or our, our kids or, or wherever, that we barely have anything left to give? Do we only invest where we can see the return, or or are we um, planting seeds that we might not ever see the fruit of? I had to really when I, my time at Urban Hope, I had to live there. I had to give every, all of my time and energy teaching kids that would leave me every week, and I never. I, who knows if they were like that? Andy is a, is a weirdo, or that that thing that he said changed my life. I don't know but I trusted God in those moments. Do our family, so I, I kind of summed it up, I said, do our families and our friends get the best of us or just the rest of us? Are we intentionally uh, investing our energy into kingdom advancement? I would say uh, my first church plant is my family, first and foremost. And so um, if you go in, back into Acts uh, and, and see how the book ends, it, it kind of ends a little bit abruptly. 
And uh, we see Paul, and he's, he's under guard, as it says in Rome. And he has this like day-long battle with people, and he's preaching, and he's teaching, and he's arguing. It even says in Scripture that he was arguing with people. I find it fascinating. I'm like, man, Paul, he went hard, man. Um, but at the end of it, he's, he's saying, you know, there's going to be people that won't receive this message. They're, they're not going to um, be able to have ears, but they won't hear. All that kind of stuff. Uh, but then, and then it says, like, Paul stayed in Rome on his own dime and was able to teach the word uh, of God. Um, and nobody bothered him. And it kind of just, and you're like, okay, okay, all right. Like, what about the, what, I'm pretty sure, like, Paul's not alive today. So what, what happened to the other churches? What happened to the other disciples? Where, where did, what happened to them? Where did they go? Like, why did, it, why did it stop? And maybe you didn't know this, but there is a third book of Luke. It is a trilogy. The characters look a little different, though. Look around you. Look at your neighbors. It's you guys. It's us. The church. We are those, those, those scenes. The next scenes are those scenes in your life. When you're with your neighbors, when you're with the people around you in your own life. Kingdom advancement is on us. We, I wrote some things down that I thought about, about this, and I said, we are the descendants of the 12 apostles. We are the future generations that were called to be reached. We are the result of the Great Commission. We are a church because there was a church movement, but we're also called to advance it. Somewhere, someone took the time to tell me, like, to invest energy into me to tell me about Jesus. And now I'm here because of that, telling you that it doesn't matter who you are, what you've been through, where you've come from, what your background's like, doesn't matter. The forgiveness, acceptance, and love of Jesus is, is there in Jesus waiting for you. So I have a few thoughts that I have um, to close us out a little bit uh, that I want to think about that leads and it connects to energy and uh, leading to influence. Number one, Intentional planning takes intentional energy. Intentional planning takes intentional energy. And, and, I think, and I loved this word that Corey was using a lot last week, and I totally agree with it, and it's investing, right? You think about investing versus spending or wasting. Like, think about it with time. Think about it with money. Think about it with energy, like, I know how to, you know, spend money. I know how to waste money, unfortunately. But, like, what does it mean to invest, right? Think about that with your time. What does it mean to truly um, invest your time into someone? And I think what we'll find is the answer. You're, you're going to need energy. You're going to have to be intentional with that time, like showing up the same time, the same place, even on a consistent basis, is not investing into someone. 
Like, oh, there's mom and dad at Thanksgiving this year. And then we, by the end of it, we ended up, you know, having an arm wrestling match over the wishbone or I, I don't know, whatever you do with your family. But, um, or, or like, you know, oh, I know that they're going to be at this thing and um, I'm going to go to that store because I know they're going to be there. I know they work there and I'm, I'm really trying to reach that person. Like, that's not investing in someone. That's kind of stalking them. That's a little bit creepy. But, um, but how? How are you going to invest? And that's going to, how are you going to invest your energy to point them towards Jesus. And so that, that brings up number two. Influence grows with trust. Influence grows with trust. And so um, if, if we're going to invest our energy into someone and, and figure out how to do that in the right way, um, what energy do you need to put into your time with someone to build a stronger relationship? How are we going to be intentional, right? Be like, oh, I know that, um, like, and I don't know if this is true or not, like, I know Corey loves Star Wars, and so, like, I'm going to plan to watch Star Wars with him, or I'm going to talk about Star Wars with him. Um, are we going to develop and build our relationship, but I'm also going to listen, and we're going to kind of use that as a launching point, but at some point, right, I'm going to share my faith and uh, point him. Use that, leverage that relationship to point them towards Jesus. And that doesn't happen. Uh, sometimes God will do some amazing things, right? Sure, sure. But I think most of the time, we have to be intentional. And, and a lot of us, and I, I know pastors, I know Christians that have been going to church forever that say like, oh, how do we get to that point? I just I don't know what to do. Like evangelism and discipleship, like, oh, those words are scary. And I'm like, the people, are, it's your relationships. The people in your lives, those scenes from your movie that you're living out, you have them. Do you know Jesus? Are you following him? Do you have the tools? Do you have that knowledge of him, that heart to follow him. If you say yes to those two things, then what are we doing? What energy do you need to put in with your time with someone to grow a stronger relationship? And number three, it's kind of where it all, all points to, right? People are the plan. People are the plan. They were the plan and strategy for Jesus, and they're the plan the strategy today for us, for the kingdom of God to advance. You're the plan. So let me look around you to your neighbor right now and say, you're the plan. You're the plan. We are the plan, guys, for the church to grow, for God's word to be, and I'm not talking about somebody to get another building and another building, you know, I'm talking about for people to know Jesus. We're the plan. And for those that don't know Jesus, if you're sitting in this room today and you're like, you know, Andy, you just kind of like flew through a couple books of the Bible and like, I don't even know what you're talking about and I don't even know what I think about that. Um, and you're just not sure. Or, or maybe you've been wrestling with it your whole life or maybe you've grown up in the church and, and you just you're going, and you're just, yeah, I'm just doing it. I go on Sunday. Maybe I'll go to a group. Maybe I'll watch something. Just 
like, I just don't, I just don't know when I think about this whole following Jesus thing. Here's what I would say. You're still the plan. <laughs> you are still the plan. You are, you are so loved. You are so accepted. You are worth all of the energy, all of the investment of God and his church. And I would even say to someone who doesn't know Jesus, who's thinking about following Jesus, who's completely far from Jesus, you are the reason the church exists. I know there's different thought processes on, on, on like, what is the church? What should it be? But I believe that this, the church exists for people to know who Jesus is. And so are, are we actually dedicating energy into intentionally living out the gospel? You know, asking ourselves these, these truly asking, there's no right or wrong answer, but when you lay down at night and you ask yourself these questions, are we creating margin in our personal life to allow that energy to create influence? Influence enough that someone um, would, would listen to you. And if you don't think that you have influence, trust me, you do. We all have influence somewhere in our lives. Just look around you. And are we using that influence to point people towards Jesus? It might not be um, that, that day you baptize them and, and they say yes and they fully give their lives to following Jesus. It might be like, hey, stop you know, doing this thing over here and take a step over here. You know, what is that step you can put in front of them? Invite them to follow Jesus. Are we actually doing this? Are we being generous? with the things that God has given to us, like our energy, our time, and influence. So I'm going I'm to pray for us. I'm going to ask the, the band to be able to come up and uh, get ready and lead us in some songs again. But um, I pray that, that this, um, this series will challenge you to follow Jesus with your entire lives, maybe like never before. God, we just want to uh, acknowledge that you are the king, the ruler of this world and our lives. We thank you that we have scripture and uh, like the book of Luke and Acts and the Gospels and the whole Bible to recount. Invested his time and energy into building up followers of you to remind people that he was the savior of the world. That our entire lives are given and put on this earth for that reason, to point people to you. Lord, if there's someone today that is wrestling with these things or that um, maybe doesn't know what to do, I pray that they would seek out someone uh, in leadership here at the church uh, Corey or Andrew or whoever, that they would say, it's time for me to start taking those steps, to start following you in a deeper way than ever before because my life was created for you. We love you, Jesus, so much, and we, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to live out the calling that you have on our lives with our very lives and our relationships and our energy. 
We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray this and so much more. Amen.